This is How to Japan, a podcast where two guys from two different countries talk about life in Japan. Without further ado, let's fight. Uh, I'm in no fighting mood. I don't know what you're hey, you know, well, I, why are you I, compa- I, I, why are you so combative tonight? Um, because I was I've been recently I've been playing this PlayStation 3 game called Yakuza and they have these fight scenes on the street in what is basically Kabukicho of Tokyo like the red light district of Tokyo and these ruffians come up to you and this one ruffian came up to me to my character and said hey I want to have fun today I'm a university student I don't have my wallet I'm going to take your money Without further ado, let's fight. He said, without oh, further really? ado. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, why? That's formal. <laughs> it's a very formal way of formal. getting into fisticuffs. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I wanted to use that. Without further ado, let's fight. Did he take that's out his favorite. like white glove and slap him across the face? <laughs> And he fought, fought old-timey style. Like <laughs> old-timey <that>. style. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. There's a starting, startlingly formal ruffians. So we, yes. uh, we're talking about drinking. Yes. Drinking, drinking. in Japan. Did, uh, did that you game are, explore yeah. the drinking culture? It, well, the, the main character is the owner of a company called Skynet, which is a loan shark company. But in Terminator. he also had, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. And also he owns a hostess club. Okay. So I guess that's the periphery of drinking culture in Japan, hostess clubs. Mm. Are, are you a big drinker? Not really. Um, right now I have myself... Some seltzer water cut with uh, a little bit of something called shochu. Uh, so not not a lot, though. And I ha- actually, strangely enough, I did have a Kirin beer earlier today. Oh, living dangerously. Yes, yes. But I, I split it with my wife, so mm. half a can. Before you, before you split it with her, did you say without further ado as you were giving her a drink? <laughs> I did, in fact, use without further ado today with my wife. <laughs> Just to point out the strangeness of the character saying, "Without further ado." <laughs> Without further ado, here's your here's your glass. Here's a glass of alcohol for you. <laughs> try to try to incorporate it with every interaction from now on. Without further ado, I'm gonna brush my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Without further ado, time to sleep. <laughs> Without further ado, I'm turning off the light. <laughs> So we're, we're talking about yeah. drinking culture, and uh, did we discuss why we're covering drinking culture, or was it just? I think it's because you love drinking, isn't it? I did, yeah. I mean, yeah. I still do. Yeah, but it came it, it came up as a topic is because I uh, I've made so many changes in my life mm-hmm. over the last uh, few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my twenties, when I first came to Japan. Before my prefrontal cortex had even developed, I was uh, drinking almost every day. It was at that time, before my prefrontal cortex developed. It sounds so strange to say that. <laughs> well, I, well, I say that is because I don't think, you know, you, you, you don't really, uh, you can't control yourself. I've mm-hmm. met so many other foreigners upon coming to Japan that it's... Uh, it's incredible that I, I was able to to meet people from different walks of life, and the only thing we had mm-hmm. in common was, of course, speaking English. But mm-hmm. also, but also, we had the one other other common denominator being alcohol. The uh, social, I thought you were going to say social lubricant. Pre- I thought you were going to say pre- poorly formed prefrontal cortexes. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah, or young as well. Uh, but I, uh, I've had some really. Uh, close calls here which i've told you about before but our listeners might yeah. want to know how close i was to to dying or because of uh this really terrible uh addiction well i wouldn't call it alcoholism or maybe it is but i i felt that i i was less um i was my better self the more i drank and i was more mm-hmm. uh, more curious about other people 
less inhibited, mm-hmm. which is what al- the great mm-hmm. thing. That's that's why people drink. Mm-hmm. And uh, I drank my fair share for many years. Right. And uh, I've I remember falling off a platform. Wow. Well, I, no, not falling off. I think I walked off a platform. One of those big oh, fucking platforms too. You know, you know mm-hmm. the big the, the, the big platform. I don't remember where it was, but I remember just walking mm-hmm. off it. And uh, it must have been in the morning because, yeah, they had, I was drinking throughout the whole night. And then uh, they obviously opened up their gate, the, the ticket gate for the first train. And I walk off mm-hmm. and then I get up the other side of the platform and I have a conversation with someone who's sleeping. Mm-hmm. This guy who's passed out. For some reason, I think he's my friend. And I'm talking to him mm-hmm. and I make my way home. And that was when I, uh, so I, I'm also missing a few details there. I was living with my yeah. host family at the time. Oh, okay. And uh, there were when I when I first came to Japan, I was in high school, and uh, staying with his host family. And as and when I uh, when they heard that I was coming back to Japan after the you know graduating high school and university, they wanted to wanted me to stay with them. And I said, "Listen, I don't want to mm-hmm. be a burden." I want to, uh, you know, I want to just go out on my own. And they said, no, we won't hear of it. You stay with us until you, you know, land on your feet. And so, yeah, so that ties into my story about just walking off a train platform and then uh, struggling to uh, to walk for a few days. And my host mm-hmm. mother took one look at my leg, which, had, which was uh, almost gangrenous because it was in the heat of really? summer in Tokyo Jesus in Christ. August. So she rushed me to the mm-hmm. clinic. Mm-hmm. And the doctor took one look at it, and he he prescribed me some cream and a variety of other drugs. And you know what my first question to him was? What first was question it? was, can I drink? Can I still drink alcohol mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. while taking these drugs? Uh, because mm-hmm. we've got a party on tonight at my school, mm-hmm. this English school that yeah. I'm teaching at, uh, teaching at, and I really want to have a drink. And he mm-hmm. just laughed at me. He said... Uh, yeah. You just said, yeah, well, just uh, yeah, okay, okay, make sure that you, you take these drugs with a, give yourself like a, like a few hours before you have some alcohol. Hmm. Right, and that's something right. I've discovered the more I, I've, I've met doctors is that they, or mm-hmm. everyone in Japan is used to drinking while right. taking these drugs in powder right. form. You know, you know mm-hmm. they have like the, the sachets yeah, 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 or yeah. powder, white powder, different types of powder, right. brown powder, and... Uh, mm. And I said, why don't you have pills? They said, oh, no, this is more natural and far more inconvenient. Because <laughs> <laughs> so you can fall all over your body as you're putting it into your mouth. This crumbs, like crumbs on your shirt. And you're like, I got to pick these little pieces up, put them back in my mouth. So, yeah, so I could have uh, died from that. I could have I could have lost, you know, it was close to gangrenous. I could have lost my leg. I could have lost my life getting hit by a train. And then, I, and then we've already talked about uh, hospitals. I was uh, mm. in the hospital with tuberculosis mm. for seven months or because my immune system had been worn down and then uh, tuberculosis r- remains dormant in your, in mm. your system. But mm. the, basically what I'm trying to say is that drinking is, uh, uh, if you are a drink, if you're young, or even if you're old, you like drinking, then I think Japan is one of the best places you can go to where you can drink outside. I think in New Zealand, my own home, my own home country, I think it's mm. I think it's frowned upon. I don't think it's illegal. Or maybe it is. It could have become illegal since I've been in Japan. But I know there are other countries that are very strict about alcohol consumption. Mm. But what's your... So I, I've just... I've started off with a story. But I mean, what are your... Yeah. Uh, views of alcohol consumption in japan well i think a lot of people you you know it's such a part of after work socializing and i i think it it's it's even a part of you know group events where people go to something called an izakaya and i think in under normal circumstances in america people would probably be just going to a restaurant and where they would sit down and have meal, uh, and the bar would be a, the separate place where you go to drink, but somehow in Japan those two worlds have been combined, mm. and so uh, eating and and drinking alcohol is very very integral in the the socializing uh, of people, and 
so so I think it's much more socially acceptable to drink a lot of alcohol with coworkers with uh, food lot, as well. But yeah, with food. Because I've been like asked many amounts. times, like, why aren't you eating? Because I don't eat and mm-hmm. drink. I usually don't mix the two because that's where I come from. Yeah. We have, like, nuts, yeah, I yeah. guess, like shitty little nuts at the bar. Yeah, yeah, beer But nuts, you just go yeah. out to drink. And in Japan, mm. it's so mixed that I've been asked so many times, oh, please eat something. I said, no, I don't. Mm. I can't mix it. Otherwise, I feel sick. And mm-hmm. I don't. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, of course, there's you know binge drinking in America, and and young people go out to clubs and shit like that. But it's there's such a much more relaxed nature regarding alcohol and coworkers and and people who you socialize with to just drink a lot to the point where I mean, on Friday and Saturday nights in Shinjuku, it's not uncommon to see vomit. On yeah. the sidewalk. Yeah, that's true. Like, just it, it's just so people. A lot of people can't hold their alcohol, but despite that, they still drink copious amounts. And uh, of course, there are people who don't drink, but I think it's socially acceptable to be a heavy drinker. I I remember at one English school in uh, Kumagaya, I was uh, teaching at, and I would come in in the mornings reeking of alcohol mm-hmm. i would you know hung over not even hung over probably still drunk from right. the night before and the little the office managers that we had man didn't bat an eyelid neither did the students yeah. and right. i would often talk to students about alcohol and and say you know i would even i would even be up front with with people and say, "Oh, I was drinking last night, and sorry, yeah, a little, little, little too much." And then people would just laugh, and mm-hmm. and I've I've seen that on so many different occasions. Like like alcoholism is not was not uh, is not treated the same way as it is no. with the same social stigma as as yeah. it is in our countries. In fact, I yeah, would say I, th- I would say Japan's more sophisticated and, and mature in a way because young, you know, there's. You've seen bear, um, bear vending machines in certain parts mm. of Tokyo. We don't even have to show ID, but you've got easy access to alcohol, and it's, it reminded me of France in a way, or other parts mm-hmm. of Europe where you have mm-hmm. you can in, you can um, introduce alcohol to your kids at mm-hmm. at lunch. You can have like a wine, and, and mm-hmm. kids will sip it, and you become it just becomes. Um, a part of a part of life you, you get get mm. you, you there's no taboo about it which yeah, removes yeah, yeah. all the risk of it yeah and i think japan's like that yeah I, I definitely think there is um something to what you say about that and i think maybe i come from the country where alcohol is scandalized it, the you know the whole culture of it has been scandalized because of the temperance movements that have occurred in america i'm pro prohibition yeah prohibition temperance and all it was all linked up to women's suffrage and uh forcing men to really get off the you know get on the wagon is that the term uh you know stop drinking and respect your family and you know get home on time for dinner and things like that so it was all kind of intertwined so but there isn't that kind of history in japan so you can't really look at it like uh, it's it's a strange thing for it to be socially ex- so extremely widespread, socially acceptable. I mean, of course, like I said before, you know, there's bar culture in America and young people go out and go crazy drinking alcohol. But what I mean by socially acceptable, I mean, uh, as you said, among family. And the one example, and I probably mentioned this before in other podcasts, is this show uh, Chibi Manochan which is a cartoon, an animated show that's been on Japanese television for 30 years or so. And it's about a family with, with a little girl named uh, Maruko. And she, uh, her father, on a regular basis, is portrayed as being drunk on the television show. And it's a family show. Mm. Whereas mm. that type of situation and that type of tone and atmosphere would not exist in America. Of course, mm. there's the Simpsons and there's Homer Simpson, but and he drinks beer, but everyone makes fun of him. He's a fool. But mm. in a show where the well, I don't even know what a, an equivalent would be, but for for example, if 
if you take an old, old show or even a show like Full House. Full House and Chibi Maruko-chan, I think, are a similar tone and like it's family oriented and they have morals to the story and it's about kids growing up and learning about your, your problems and overcoming them, all that kind of crap. If somebody on that show, Full House, got drunk, if Jesse got drunk on a regular basis, it would be a special episode about alcoholism. It mm. wouldn't be just a normal, socially acceptable thing. That someone would have to have a problem, like it, it, especially like early 1980s television shows, like Family Ties and Different Strokes. They all had shows about, you know, alcoholism and the problems of it, and how you have to you have to stop drinking. Even Beverly Hills 90210. I know I'm talking about America a lot, but I'm just trying to show the contrast here. There's, it was always a special episode. You know, someone's getting drunk and that's a bad thing because that leads to alcoholism. And But in shows, family shows in America like Chibi Maruko-chan or even another show that comes after Chibi Maruko-chan on Sunday nights, which is Sazai-san, the older father's parents are, all, are often portrayed as being drunk, red-faced and slurring their words and things mm. like that. Completely socially acceptable not on the other side of the world in America. I think so the, I think there the is, majority yeah. of families do have a drink with their with their meals. Mm-hmm. They have like a like a beer yeah. or a short shoe, sake, whiskey. I think it's just so uh, prevalent in culture. Mm. People mm. are you know there's no taboo. I think like you said before scandalous the way it's treated in mm-hmm. other countries. I think that that actually perpetuates alcoholism. When you treat it like mm-hmm. such a uh, you know when you're young growing up and there's so many strict rules about the consumption of this product versus mm-hmm. in countries like Japan where anybody can have a drink. It's practically, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, of course it would be frowned upon if you see an eight-year-old having a beer outside a convenience store. But I mean, mm-hmm. there's, when you remove that taboo, you make it, when it's no longer a scandalous sort of uh, activity to, to drink mm-hmm. alcohol, it's just a way of life. In fact, if anything, people... Um, you know, young younger people are like, you know what, I've done that. Uh, I know my limits. You, you start to understand what you can and, you know, your, your tolerance levels for, for alcohol, mm-hmm. which makes you right. a more responsible drinker long term. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I, I'm, I come from a family where my father was, you know, drunk on a regular basis in my childhood. And, and then I siblings who say they're alcoholics and really have to control their alcohol consumption and I've seen firsthand how it can destroy families. But again, we're coming from a culture perspective that alcoholism has to be treated as a disease. Mm. Whereas that that concept just doesn't really exist in Japan. Right. uh, Regarding alcohol. You know, of course, other drugs are treated. So, for example, like marijuana, that's, you know, completely like, what do you... how like where did you get it where did you find right. it yeah. what's going yeah. on like whereas in america it's it's complete it's now completely socially acceptable even where it where it's illegal in different parts but japan completely other side of the world and completely different thinking about it so yeah it's an interesting contrast to different parts of the world where i guess every culture has their own you know I get, the word that comes to mind is vice, but I wouldn't even call it a vice, a way to kind of break out of the the normal feeling of existence. Yeah, it's, I think the comfort, the comfort that any one culture has with the, uh, like a substance like alcohol that shapes mm-hmm. obviously how the sub- substance is, is viewed and treated throughout society. Uh, I forgot mm-hmm. to check this, but I should have checked this earlier. But I wanted to. I wanted to know how long have Japanese been drinking? You know, I wanted to know how. Did you? Okay. Do you have I, any idea? I, I have some information about that. It's it's a pretty long time. It goes back to the Jomon period, which is like way, way thousands of years ago. Archaeologists have found uh, instruments for the production of alcohol uh, in different uh, habitats, different Mm. sites where villages were were formed. And so the theory goes like this. 
Well, archaeologists and scientists, researchers, historians believe that the Jomon period people developed alcohol, and as a result, those people have a strong tolerance for alcohol. So if you're part of the, if your DNA is part of the, the wave of immigration from the Jomon period, then you have a strong uh, resistance to alcohol. You, you can tolerate high toleration to alcohol. But if you come in the second wave, which is the Yayoi period, which is a few thousand years after that Jomon period, then you are not as uh, strong. So your face turns red quickly and mm. this type of We've thing. We've met so, our fair share of Japanese who, yeah, who do turn definitely. red after like one yeah. sip of alcohol. And of course, there's a mixing of all that DNA because, of course, people from the Jomon period weren't discriminatory against the people of the Yayoi period, and no one has any idea which period their you know ancestors came in. So, can you can your wife handle alcohol? She could in her twenties, but now she kind she doesn't turn red, but mm. turns, she gets an upset stomach easily. Yeah. So she just drinks a little bit. She likes it, but she only can drink a little bit of it. Mm. It's uh. Have you have you have you seen her drunk? Uh, no. Is that right? Her wow. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But her father used to drink a lot, but then she he got liver cancer, so mm. he had to stop drinking. And um, he's, you know, up and running, but he still really would really like to drink alcohol, but he can't. Yeah. So I guess my, my wife's family is from the Jomon lineage. <laughs> right, right. Uh, they, can, they can handle their alcohol. Yeah, I, I was... Uh, uh, rudely awakened to the Japanese who can drink. I remember having a drink with one girl who was half my size, uh, very short, very small, very cute, and we we're drinking at this bar and I when I was in my you know, the drinking the drinking days and uh for some reason I ordered some uh whiskey and, and then after that some tequila and I said, Is this okay? Do you do you mind if I if I order this? I I feel like something a little stronger, and because uh, I thought she was weak, but I wanted to prove mm-hmm. to her that oh, I'm I'm strong. I can drink this, you know, this kind mm-hmm. of alcohol stronger. Uh, but long story short, yeah, she dragged me under the table. Okay. I was str- <laughs> she actually looked at me, and I'm like uh, struggling to keep my head up. She said, "Oh, you know, you've you know, we've had quite enough. How about you know, how about we call it a night?" Oh, and I said, "No, no way." My you know, my pride took over. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was not an enjoyable experience. To be with certain Japanese who are just, uh, yeah, must have been from the Jomon period, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Your lineage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, well, I guess we could talk about the different types of establishments that exist in Japan for drinking. Uh, previously mentioned the izakaya and also from the Yakuza game, the Hostess Club. What's the and definition I, of izakaya? Izakaya, I guess, is just a drinking restaurant establishment. That's it right there. So it's drinking and and a restaurant. So Mm -hmm. you've already alluded to that earlier about how Japanese like to eat and drink. And that's exactly what izakayas are. I like izakayas because of their, uh, you know, they're cheap. Yeah. Cheapest places you can go to. They could be small. They could be big. um, Everywhere in between. And and there's always some food. There's a little bit of a cover charge, seating charge. Mm -hmm. But... uh, yeah, it's perfect for for any listener you know who wants to enjoy drinking in Japan. Yeah, Izakas are usually a good place to start. Mm. And even like the, I think you know, in my experience, even the the chain izakayas are pretty good. Like Wotami, I mm. don't really see any problem. And a lot of them have nice atmosphere. They have a very kind of Japanese aesthetic to them. I know it's Japan, but not every place has a Japanese look to it. But they'll have uh, kind of this very chic-looking Japanese aesthetic within the places. Low li- low lighting, but very natural colors and mm. use of wood and stone is really really it's very interesting relaxing. sometimes. Yeah. So and they'll oftentimes have dividers between tables, so you don't have to look into the eyes of the people sitting next to you. Other yeah. places are more open. Mm. But um, sometimes it's really nice to be able to go to a place and they just have like almost like a curtain, which I think is very useful in the time of coronavirus. Uh, mm. But the, they, they kind of have this divider 
and it's not a it's not a wall, but it, it gives you enough privacy to feel like you can have a private conversation with somebody, even though it's just this paper thing hanging from the ceiling. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, but what about you? What what kind of izakaya do you like to go to? Cheap, do you like cheap and dirty ones. Cheap, cheap and dirty. <laughs> yeah, do you they go hand in hand. In? Yeah, and, and I I find that the the dirty ones just have the best kind of uh, the feel that I like, uh, mm-hmm. where you've got you know very quick delivery of drinks, mm-hmm. where you're not you're not fucking around, you know, waiting. For more than for like more than a few minutes, you give your order. And you say, "Okay, I want a, um, I want a beer. I want a num. Yeah, just give me a num. Give me a number. And if it takes more than like a minute, then yeah, it doesn't appeal to me. So it's the <laughs> it's the dirty as a kind of the small ones where you have direct access to the the people behind the counter. Mm-hmm. Those uh, those, yeah, yeah. those are my my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since being on keto, um, the ketogenic diet. I've got to be careful of the carbs, so I'm no longer I can I can no longer enjoy like normal beer. So what mm-hmm. I found that works works for me, especially in summer, where it's re- it's a really mm-hmm. refreshing drink. Um, it's usually like a lemon or grapefruit mm-hmm. sour. Mm-hmm. So you can't drink yeah. those types of drinks. <sighs> yeah, can't do it. Matcha, which is the green tea with shochu, I mm. I like that. Mm. Uh, my stomach can my stomach can tolerate that but man just fruit and alcohol do not mix well with my stomach just mm. bam it doesn't even it doesn't even matter how much it's like i can drink a glass in the next morning Mm-mm-mm. i i've i've thrown up after drinking and this is why it's different but wine and beer mm. one glass of beer one glass of wine come home and throw up i can't take oh, it shit. my stomach is just like bam no good but yeah, I think that that's a that's a quite quite a common drink that people drink here. Lemon well, eye. since going on keto, yeah, I've got to watch the carbs, and I'm drinking a low carb beer now, mm-hmm. so I'm fortunate to have a beer that only has like zero point something mm-hmm. of of carbohydrates in it, which is great. Right. Uh, I think I mentioned this on another podcast, but Asahi style free, mm-hmm. very uh, very good drink. Um, but then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, vodka, gin, gin and uh, vodka soda is a very keto-friendly drink. You know, it's good. It actually, and my my wife was able to make it. Sometimes, some people make it in their house. Is umeshu. Yeah, and actually, I'm contradicting myself here because plum, but somehow I feel okay with it. Um, so you take the plums and you. What do you call it? You ferment them for one or two years in a glass jar, and then afterwards, after two years or so, the alcohol content picks up within the liquid, and there you got it. You got yourself uh, some homemade alcohol, and uh, all you got to do is really get your hands on some uh, some plums, and mm, you can mm. make uh, homemade homemade alcohol. Which is pretty fun, I think. It's a fun thing to do. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. You don't really have to, don't have to really do anything. You just wait. <laughs> right, right. Just forget about it, <laughs> <laughs> and revisit it a couple years later. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of a nice thing to have. So what, what's your so what's your go to drink? Is it the is it the short shoe with a little bit of uh, uh, or is it sparkling water? Did you say? Yeah, sparkling water with uh, shochu. I'll drink that. But I think, I think beer is probably the thing I like the most. And kirin, and we usually get kirin uh, beer because what, my which wife one? has said ichiban shibori uh, or yeah ichiban shibori, and because it's different from most other beers in that it doesn't contain unknown substances within it. Uh, other um, for example, Asahi Super Dry and uh, and some versions of Sapporo beer include an ingredient called cornstarch, which everyone knows what cornstarch is. But according to my wife, when she did some reading about the nutrient content of cornstarch, cornstarch includes substances, substances 
which are not included in the list of ingredients. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. So, so it's better not to get Asahi super dry and just opt for Kirin beer. Yeah. Um, Although if I, if my wife hadn't told me, I wouldn't really notice the difference, but after a while, I kind of like Kirin better than Asahi super dry. I don't know if it's psychosomatic or maybe the taste is better. I don't know. What about you? What's your, if you weren't not thinking about keto diet, but what, what beer do you like the best overall for taste? Oh, I would say Asahi Super Dry. Yeah. When I wasn't practicing this keto diet, yeah, it would have been Asahi Super Dry. But Kidin mm. as well. Kidin Itchy Bunch of mm. Body is good too. Actually, mm. oh no, no, I take both of those back. Okay. Nah, fuck, fuck both of them. I would say okay, Ebbis. Go fuck them. Ebbis. Ebbis. Okay. The yeah, gold, yeah, yeah. the gold standard for me. It's a yeah. gold can. It's it's Suntory. It's Ebbis. To me, it's got the richest, deepest taste among all the beers. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It's a great beer. I wish you know if I wasn't on this fucking diet, this keto kick, uh, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, uh, yeah, definitely drinking Ebbis right now. Uh, I, I think I'm trying. I'm starting to find out your true feelings about this keto diet. <laughs> I wasn't on this fucking diet. <laughs> well, it just made me more aware of its limitations. I wasn't. I wasn't even thinking about Ebbis until now. And yeah. Now I feel. Yeah. I wasn't. Fuck. It yeah. Sucks. Well, I. You know that there's certain uh, kind of move back into the izakaya realm. There, there are certain izakayas in Tokyo where you have self-serve beer, right? You can yeah. you get your you get your glass and then you can go up to the the counter and you serve yourself your own glass of beer, right? Which is a it, quite different. I've never seen that in America. I've never seen that in any yeah. other country yeah. except <laughs> except Japan, where you can freely just access the beer tap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's amazing, yeah, isn't it? it? Yeah, you can just endlessly, endless, endless bottle, uh, glass of beer, bottle, bottomless glass of beer. Uh, so those places, and we used to go to a place like that when I lived in Tokyo. Sometimes we'd meet up and go there uh, in Nishi Shinjuku, about five minutes away from the station from the west exit. Uh, we took my dad there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. Did I he meet him? It. Yeah, you did. Oh shit! I'm sorry, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, was it? Did I meet him? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit! I'm sorry. No, oh, don't worry about it. I must uh, have been drunk mind. or drunk by the time I met up with you. Yeah, uh, it could be. Uh, but uh, yeah, that that place was okay, and that was really cheap. But. You know, I'm not much of a drinker, so I can't really say much. I, I know I've been to I've been to a couple hostess clubs, so there's that beer culture. Can you inform the uh, listeners more about hostess clubs and beer culture there? Or well, I visited, I think, a half a dozen hostess clubs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I never went on my own volition. Mm-hmm. I was always taken by Japanese I knew. Uh, okay. you know, either a friend or a student or someone I met at a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, hostess clubs are um, just they're they're where where hostesses, women, usually young girls, are waiting there for you to come in and pay uh, quite a lot of money per hour for their time and affection, and uh, oftentimes they will want you to buy them a drink in the form of whatever they want, which is also going to be exorbitant. And uh, and their role is to make you feel comfortable and to keep you ordering, keep you there for as long as possible. And there are some hostess clubs where, depending on uh, you know how much money you have, um, you can take it further. But that's, not, that's quite rare, you know, taking them outside of the hostess club. But uh, some places you can do that. Uh, but... Yeah, you know, my I used to think that hostess hostess clubs were dumb, absolutely ridiculous. I couldn't understand why why they existed. And it wasn't until I, you know, I I went with different Japanese, who all 
um, I would think that they all had the same, you know, there was a common thread where they exhibited the same characteristics like loneliness, lack of confidence, uh, social ineptitude, or any other psychological kind of profile where you, you would think they had no other choices available to them to talk to a woman. But all these guys were confident. They were confident. Uh, so one guy was a salesperson who was very successful. Uh, another guy um, was, was working, uh, was an academic at a university. Every single guy, or well, most of them were married with kids. They all, uh, they enjoyed it. They absolutely, they, every once a week, they, they loved just having this, this, the attention of young girls. There was no sex involved. And every single time I went, we sang karaoke. The girls would sing with you. And it was just a great, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a great, great time. So I remember asking, I, I asked all of them. I said, so why? Why why do you go? Why do you spend your hard-earned cash at these places with these with these young girls? And, uh, and every, uh, they all gave different responses, like just fun or... Um, there was like an understanding between both parties that the hostess is there to relieve you of as much stress as you've as you have. That's their job, and the patron feels that you know that you can you and the girl you know you you find the girl that you like, and then you 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 have this kind of uh, this you get this quick bond that keeps you coming back with a with a young girl who is under no um no kind of uh social kind of like barrier as if you're working in a company or if you're working outside with the company you're wearing a kabuki mask you're wearing you're wearing a mask in, in japanese culture you wear a mask for every single occasion where a hostess club everyone takes off their masks and you you are who you are you can be who you want to be and i think that's the main appeal is not having to put on this artifice, this this charade in your own company, where most people aren't living their authentic lives. They want to let their hair down, and that's that's what a hostess club offers offers these guys. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. That's a hostess club. Yeah. So, did you enjoy yourself there? I loved it. Yeah. I think they're great now. I mean, well, I love singing. You know that I love singing. Mm-hmm. You love right, singing right. too. We both yes. love singing karaoke. Well, imagine mm. karaoke, but you've got girls there who uh, know you choose the right song, and many of them are amazing singers, and they want to, mm-hmm. you know, they want to make your time as enjoyable as possible. They they want to mm. help you, rel- you know, relieve as much stress and keep you entertained. Uh, yeah, I've got, I've I've turned around my my opinion on hostess clubs. I think they mm. they they can fulfill a vital function in society. Mm-hmm. Great. So, aside from hostess clubs, and you're talking about karaoke, there are also bars that have karaoke, but they aren't karaoke boxes, as I, I think are famous around the world now, where you just go to sing karaoke. But there, there's a bar, and then there's another section of the of the establishment where people can sing karaoke. Ah, oh, right. And yeah. So, yeah, so there's those kind of, and those places might are often called what is like a pub. So it's usually run by uh, two or three people on a nightly basis, and there's usually a woman bar- bartender tending bar, uh, and sometimes they're a called mama-san. mama-san. So uh, these types of places also exist, and I think they're the most similar to what Westerners would think of a bar to be. But they also sometimes offer kind of a little bit more bar food than you maybe a normal establishment in other countries would uh, serve. So there's that kind of place too, and they they can be very friendly and jovial, and coworkers will go out with each other to these places. So if you're thinking about like the izakaya and the hostess club and this type of pub, which do you think is the most economical? for going out for a drink oh definitely well the izakaya is the most cost effective i'd imagine 
I mean, the pub, but the pub also offers the, they, they have, certain pubs have a um, beer, like bottle, like glass, like real, mm-hmm. right, right, real right. bottles, like glass bottles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they'll pour it for you, and uh, I think I think the pub is like a halfway between a hostess club and an izakaya, because mm. you can yeah. sing karaoke in yeah. a yeah with other people in a kind of communal right, right. kind of setting, and yeah. they're usually older the older demographic. Mm-hmm. I remember right. the last time mm-hmm. I went there last I went last year to this old this little pub after touch rugby one time and. Uh, had this old woman who was there, very small, and there were just old people everywhere. And uh, I was, I went in with a few other young people from Touch Rugby, and we had a great time. Mm-hmm. We had these old people who were wanting to know where we're from, and we all sang karaoke together. Um, it was, uh, yeah. I think um, if you do come to Japan, don't discount these little these little pubs because they're always surround. You know, you've always got these ama- these amazing old people who. Who are just you know wise, so wise, but also so uh, um, uh, appreciative to have someone come in from a very different generation, <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> very, right. like someone who's to breathe who's, life into uh, their uh, lungs, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> feed off your your youthful vigor and uh, um, dust them off, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, just uh, something popping in my mind uh, was tachinomi. Oh, it's kind heard of, of a popular thing, yeah. Yeah. So tachinomi are these small bars that don't usually don't have any seating. So tachi means stands and mm. nomi means drink. So you stand while you drink. And that's also kind of an interesting thing. You'll see them around, uh, clo- they're usually very close to busy stations. Uh, and one f- popular area of Tokyo would be Shinbashi. A lot of businessmen go to tachinomi right after work. So... That's a place where you can actually just get a cheap drink uh, right after work and you don't really have to worry worry about eating food and you don't really have to worry about being settled or anything like that. Just You just stand and you can be there for as long as you want and move on to the next place. It's a lot of, uh, I guess, tachinomi hopping. So you hop from one place to the next to get your fill of the atmosphere from one place to the next or mm. there might be specials in one place or another place. So that that actually exists. I maybe I've been to a couple in Tokyo. Uh, have you done that? Any tachinomi? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've been to many. Yeah. Like I like I said, I was drinking a lot throughout my 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 twenties, and yeah, uh, been to every single place that sold alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, I even went to one where you could fish outside. You you'd oh, have wow. like a, you could go outside, have a drink, and just start fishing. Catch your fish and they 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 cook it for you or whatever if you wanted it for you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually kind of a cool thing. Certain izakayas, they have they'll they'll put a grill on your table, and yeah. you can cook fish right there. That's kind right. of cool. That's that's pretty nice. Uh, that that's actually yeah kind of the the more, I don't know if it's authentic, but it's authentic cooking experience. I I like anything where they kind of combined the nuances of camping with the the world of sit-down restaurants. It's kind of a, a fun combination of things. You where Where is that? Grow. Are you talking about uh, a particular experience? Uh, the, the place I'm thinking of is in Kameido. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's kind of a, a station that's near downtown Tokyo, but it's still kind of outskirtsy in a way. And yeah. It's part of what would be called Shitamachi area. And it there's a lot of bars around Kamado Station, and one of a uh, few of them will have uh, like kind of outdoor seating, crates for chairs, and mm. wooden table, big heavy wooden tables. And on top of your table is this maybe grill that's about thirty centimeters wide and about ten centimeters high, and mm. they they turn on the grill, and I think it's gas powered, and it's really fun to sit down. They'll give you some uh, cut fish and you can just throw the fish on the grill and cook it as you're drinking. Uh, it's pretty fun. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, those are actually nice experiences that are, I, I don't know if you'd really see them. It's kind of, 
I think everyone is familiar with yakiniku, and yakiniku is another pla type of place so that you can go and drink. It's kind of like a, a barbecue place similar to an izakaya, but it's more meat-based, I guess. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, so, and you can drink up and eat as much meat as you want, mm, depending mm, on mm. your finances, I guess. So, yeah, there's all kinds of different places and atmosphere and uh, places with certain specialties. There's one place, I think it's called Ryukyo, and that's a chain izakaya that has like a bottomless pit of fried chicken. Mm, like mm, tons mm. and tons of fried chicken just constantly come to you. Giant pieces of chicken. Uh, so you can find anything you want. Mm. Any any palate you have will be quenched within one of these establishments. Fish, chicken, Camping if you have, atmosphere uh, feel. If you're a, a moral, if you're a moral as well, you can try some whale and some yes, dolphin. Yes, whale and dolphin. Um, have you tried whale? No. No. Yourself? Oh, really? I have. Yeah, I have. Maybe Any good? once or twice. Not really. Mm. I heard no it's very. Um, uh, it's uh, like kind of beef, like beefy, very tough. It's tough, but I wouldn't call it beefy. Whaley. It's not like a fish, is it? Is it no, like a? It's not. It's not like a fish. It's kind of tough, but it's also. Not, I wouldn't call it. It's whale. <laughs> it's its own. It's its own thing. <laughs> yeah, it's its own thing. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't really. I wouldn't recommend it. How? What about uh, basashi? Have you tried basashi? What's that? Basashi is uh, freshly cut. A uh, freshly cut raw horse meat. Oh no. No, no, I'm not interested. Did you yeah, like that? I tried that at a couple of hezekiahs. Um, basically, the best kind ha are flavorless. The best cuts are flavorless. And you just add soy sauce or whatever to it to give it flavor. It's not like something I want to repeat, but I've tried it. So I've tried horse and I've tried whale. I've tried, I don't know what else I've tried. I guess those are the two most outlandish things i've ever tried right well let's talk about recommendations for people okay let's start with demo like different demographics so if you're young mm -hmm. early 20s coming to japan for the first time by yourself where would you recommend they go to have a drink well i guess not an izakaya if you're by yourself it's kind of weird go to a bar uh, yeah, go to a bar. Touching one of the foreign bars. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe one of the foreign. Kind of defeats the purpose of being in Japan, yeah, though, yeah. right? <laughs> I, I would say, you know what? I would say Tachinomi. I would go. Okay. I'd go to Shimbashi area during kind of a, the right after work, after work hours, maybe seven or eight o'clock, and just walk around, find a place where that looks kind of busy, so you don't feel too strange, and uh, order a beer and. Stand and look at people and then you can easily walk to the next place there's tons of places and uh, you might find yourself in a conversation with someone sooner or later that that would be my recommendation i think there are other like those style bars uh in shibuya as well mm -hmm. i mean if you're young shibuya you, you probably want to there, there's a place there called um oh, i forgot it maybe i'll put it in show notes but there's a there's a place there that's pretty good. It's a standing up mm -hmm. stand up place, very cheap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although, ton of foreigners, so you might okay. want to avoid it. But I, but the first thing I heard when I came to Japan was Ropongi. When I first came here, yeah. Ropongi was a place. If you're young, go out to a club, bars, and Ropongi, have a great time. Well, that was mm. true. Well, I did enjoy mm -hmm. myself. There's a dark underbelly of Ropongi, mm -hmm. which I think sh people should be aware of. Um, mm -hmm. I think about a few years ago, I heard from friends of friends that certain uh, professionals, people in, uh, who'd come over here on business trips, mm -hmm. had be had their drinks laced with something, okay. and they had their credit cards overcharged. They, yeah, all sorts of shit has happened to people in Roppongi. That's mm -hmm. not a reflection on Japan. That's just one particular place where 
foreigners are taken advantage of. Mm. So you might want to be careful if you go to Roppongi alone. Mm. Perhaps go with someone that, that's a little more seasoned in Japan to, sh- to show the places to avoid in Roppongi. Yeah. Yeah, I think Roppongi has a lot of trashy, kind of crappy bars that are frequented by foreigners that don't know anything about Japan or military. Uh, like What comes to mind is Gas Panic. That's a shithole. Yeah. That would be a place that you would want to stay away from. <laughs> but they do have... I think they have places in Roppongi and Shibuya and probably other places as well. Uh, so that would be a place where you wouldn't want to go. But there's plenty of other places to look at. I'm sure you're more familiar with these things. You still live in Tokyo and I'm not much of a drinker, so I don't really know places that much. Yeah, I would I would recommend uh, some places in Shibuya. Well, I can, I can add some potential options and show notes. But that's one demographic. What about other demographics? What about uh what about families? If they like a f- father, wife, few kids. Definitely family restaurants. Yeah. They can have a drink in a family yeah, restaurant yeah. too, can't you? Yeah, you could do that. But I think if you want to get a more of a Japanese experience, an izakaya, like a That's fine, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think even watami is fine. Even with kids. Families. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would be, you can find some upscale, middle scale, low scale places that are good enough, I think. Um, although I guess I've seen, have I seen kids in izakayas? Have you seen kids in izakayas? Mm, I don't recall. No, maybe families, I guess for a one-time experience, because there is lots, plenty of food to order. In fact, food is the priority usually. <laughs> like uh, if you don't order food, it's strange or it's a rule. You have to order food. But like you said, family restaurant, but uh, it's not really. But if we're thinking of families, <laughs> family drinking, I don't know. I haven't really thought about that before. <laughs> Got you an alcoholic father. <laughs> <laughs> Where can I leave? Oh, no, no, it's fine. Because you just leave your family in the hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right, <laughs> so, yeah. I got to Shibuya. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, an upscale izakaya, I think that would be the place to take a family, maybe, if you want to drink. Oh, no, there are places as well. Are in Ginza, and um, Ginza is an is a, is a upmarket place, which which is mm-hmm. sure to accommodate families as well. Yeah. Many different bars there that will accommodate families. That's fine. Kotanda is a good place. I, I like Kotanda. Shinjuku. Mm-hmm. Shinjuku's good. Ikibukuro. Little lower, little lower class than Shinjuku, I think. Mm-hmm. Class. I don't know why I said class. I mean, not as you... not as clean, not as clean as Shinjuku. That's that's my that's my assessment. Dirty Shinjuku. Uh, no, I'm talking about Ikebukuro. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's the dirty Shinjuku. Oh, right. Okay. Mm. <laughs> uh, if you... What about old people? Anywhere is good. Well, if Shibuya you're old, would be kind of shitty for old people, I think. Yeah, don't go there. Go to Akasaka. Asakusa. Yeah, Akasaka. Is it a- Asakusa or Akasaka? Akasaka. Well, Akasaka would be okay, too. Asa- yeah. Akasaka is kind of an upscale, businessy looking place, and... Asakusa, Asakusa is more stamachi sh- 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 area, which should be cool. That's a big relaxed. tourist hotspot, actually. So Yeah, yeah. Hotspot. Hotspot. Don't Might wanna, touch yeah. the ground. Again, this spot. is a drinking. So we were talking about drinking. I'm just thinking about if I were, uh, what would I give my, you know, if, if, I, if I knew older people who like to have a drink? It would mm. be, I guess... Is a uh, maybe is a kinds depends though, right? Really small. There's so ones many because there's the so counter. many different options. Yeah, yeah. Like you said before, yeah, yeah. you can find yeah. any taste. Mm. So I, I don't even feel comfortable giving any blanket recommendations because you can find anything you want here, mm. almost. Well, I think, but you know, as far as 
contact with people and you're old and you want to sit, really small izakayas where the, it's basically you open the door and yeah. you see the counter right there. Right. And it's just kind of a round thing. Like. And the, are you saying you know, that I'm an old uh, are you saying I'm an old bastard for liking liking that? <laughs> don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> I don't put words in your mouth, do I? Okay, so But you're uh, right. Yeah, so, they would like my type of Vizakaya. Yeah, yeah. So the it would be like a, you know, really easy to get in, easy to get out and everyone's in close proximity and the the uh, staff person's right there in the center of everything, handling all the shit going on. So th- that type of place uh, I would recommend to older people and younger people, people your age, high school I, age. Yeah. I, I I think, you know, I want to take back recommendations. I, want, I don't okay. think... I mean, in terms of what I want to put in the show notes, I think it's... Okay. Uh, <laughs> But in terms of general locations in uh-huh. in Tokyo, right, there are certain areas which have a uh, a different, a very different feel to one another. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, like Ginza. Ginza is when you you know if you like shopping and you've got a lot of money to to burn, Ginza's great, free up market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got Shibuya, which is in in Harajuku. Which is like a young person, like young persons districts. Mm-hmm. Old people are not welcome. Yeah, of course you can you go want, there if you're, you're old, but it just yeah, would, yeah. you know, it would be old too ladies like. go to Sugamo Sugamo Station. That's the old lady Harajuku area. Is that right? Yeah. Hmm. Why? Why I don't know. How do you know this? This? How do you know this? Because my wife told me. <laughs> I went there. <laughs> Old lady Shinju, uh, yeah, Sugamo is old lady. Why is your wife going there? She's not old. My her grandmother told her about it. God oh, damn it. okay. <laughs> there's a there's a shrine. I think there's a shrine over there. Uh, that's the uh, what the hell do you call it? A splinter, wooden splinter shrine. So if you have any little problems with your life, you can go there and they can pull out the splinter in of the problem splinter of your life. Wow. So for old for old women, so old women have more women, more problem yes. splinters, yeah, than the other sex. Okay. Yeah. The other ages. I don't know. Come on, man. What the hell? You, what are you <laughs> drilling me? <laughs> you know that a big hot lamp under over my head. Tell me <laughs> where were you last night at eight that. p.m.? <laughs> What's your alibi? I went there a couple times, and uh, I, I, it was nice. And there were a lot of old ladies there. <laughs> oh, you're one uh, of those. So you're one of those guys, are you? No, what you are you a, saying? You're an old lady fetish. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. You disgust hey. me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. It hurts my feelings. Uh, so, you know, if <laughs> there's, there's, and again, and Tagadono Baba. Just because it's nice to say, Takadano Baba. Yeah. Mm. If it, yeah, you can't go Too wrong, honestly. Yeah. In many places, uh, like we've we've already established that Japan is a drinking culture. They mm. love their alcohol. Ah, uh, convenience stores. Yeah, yeah. You can find alcohol most most convenience stores. You can have a drink outside on the street, yeah. and it's completely yep. fine. Have a drink outside. Yeah. yeah. In fact, as soon as you arrive. Go to a convenience store, get a beer, and then walk around. There yeah. you go. That's what you should do. Walk around with a big, fat boy, a fat can, a fat like a beer, an ebus. I recommend ebus, and then take and and then wander around shrines and temples. I actually don't. You can't walk into a shrine. You might get kicked out with that beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, but you can yeah. like walk around like the outskirts. If you're an old woman, go 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 to Sugamore with your can of beer. <laughs> and then uh, enjoy enjoy what what Tokyo has to offer you. Yep, I think that's the best advice we've given so far. Yes, on the many episodes stores. we've had. <laughs> it's as soon as you arrive, go to a convenience store, get a beer, and then walk around, and you decide for your fucking self. How's yeah. that? <laughs> that's it. There's plenty of stuff at convenience. They're very convenient. If you like a drink, 
Start off with a convenience store beer. In fact, get get hammered. Get hammered outside a convenience store. And you know what? You don't even have to worry about that. They have toilets. So you can just, if you have to pee, you can go into the toilet and they're very clean, usually. Some some have like little cafes inside the convenience store. Yeah, yeah, there's tables inside. Just drink in there in the convenience store. That's very nice, actually. You got magazines. You can do, uh, we talked about nomi, tachinomi. You can also do uh, tachiyomi. Stand and reading. So there's magazine racks. So you can stand there and drink. Yeah. They're in Japanese, but you're in Japan for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. They got maps. Maps in there. We got phone. We got these things called phones as well. We got we got like iPhones and smartphones. Yeah, I don't know what people are coming to Japan. What what are you what are you what are you what are you you doing here? What are you grilling me for? Uh, so uh, the so you know, you got all kinds of stuff. There's drinks, alcohol batteries underwear batteries and underwear that's so fucking (laughs) random (laughs) that's a perfect place perfect place to end it (laughs) just end it on batteries and (laughs) and underwear there you have it without further ado (laughs) we're finished